1: We're back, final hour of the show. Chilly outside, 20 degrees in Aurora, 22 over there in hell, otherwise known as my beloved birth city of Denver, Colorado, now driven to ruin by total Democrat control. But regardless, it's hot in here, and we're glad to have you along. Our phone number is 303 696 1971. We finally started getting into this John Strand audio. Uh, comes from a video that is available online. It's been viewed over 3 million times uh, just on X, just on Twitter, and uh, easily available there. I'd love for you to have it, so if you need it, send an email to uh, 710 com. Go to Wake Up With Randy Corcoran on the show's page. There's a button there to email, or you can text me, whatever. Uh, Lexa has been paying attention clearly. She says, I remember when you interviewed Dr. Simone Gold. And she was recommending hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin. I feared they would do to doctors recommending those two options the same thing they did to Lyme literate doctors. Take away their medical license and close down their business. And that is what they started doing. Yeah, I had case after case after case of that in my law firm. And, uh, hey, Kelly, I just lost my, oh, here it came back. It's lost my screen there for a minute. Scared me. But it's back. Don't Don't walk so hard big bosses in the in the room today, so um you know we've been kind of laid back, keeping it kind of cool, not referring to uh the pedophile in chief or you know any of those things that sometimes pop up on this show, but um anyway, John strand is uh, just a remarkable human being, and if you're just joining the show i uh, the reason I'm so touched and and sharing all of this with you not only is because not only is not only because the uh Uh, The topic is so important, the uncovering of the truth, the exposing the government lies, the J6 committee lies, the token disgusting no longer Republicans on that committee lies about January 6th and the innocent people that are there. And so uh, what we've learned so far, if you're just joining the show, these first few segments of audio that we've played, I've been watching the video as we play it, is that the, process, the government prosecutor lied about John Strand, pointed to a hand that was banging on the door, trying to you know, break into these gigantic doors that were mysteriously open from the inside, as the video shows, when, in fact, John Strand had black gloves on. He was there to guard uh, a client, a doctor, Simone Gold, who had a permit to give a speech at that place at that time, standing peacefully to the side. The prosecutor in his case talked about a police officer, and this will be the next topic that we get into when we play more audio. I talked about a police officer who the prosecution claimed was injured by the crowd. Wait till you hear the truth about that. The video played. You could see he stumbled. He went down. The patriots surrounded him and helped him up, shook him off, patted him on the back. People like you and me who love good law enforcement who respect and admire and say thank you to men and women in blue, men and women in military uniforms. That's the vast majority of people who were in Washington, D.C. on January 6th, and the vast majority who went to the Capitol, as this will all bear out for you as we continue to play it. And I don't like to read to you. I don't think it makes good radio, but this statement is so... Important. This is the testimony that John Strand gave um, before Congress at the J6 field hearing that was hosted by Representative Matt Gates back in July. And let me double-check the dates here from the Department of Justice uh, website on John Strand. He was arrested January 18th, 21, indicted. February 5th, of 21, arraigned that day, pleaded not guilty to all counts, Found guilty by a jury on September 27th of 22 of five charges a felony, obstruction of an official proceeding, as well as misdemeanors entering and remaining in a restricted building or grounds. Wait till you hear and, and have me describe what you can see if you watch this video of him on The Capitol grounds disorderly and disruptive conduct in a restricted building or grounds disorderly conduct in a Capitol building and parading, demonstrating or picketing in a Capitol building. It's all bull crap. And a Washington, D.C. jury nailed him to the cross and a judge stuck him in high security federal prison in Miami He dared to talk about the conditions. They've now thrown him into solitary confinement. But here was his statement. It's worth it. Bear with me. And he opens this up with a quote from Martin Luther King Jr. And the quote is this. Our lives begin to end the day we become silent about things that matter. Amen. Hello, my name is John Strand. Despite my supposedly First Amendment protected speech on social media, where I have voiced concerns with the legitimate legitimacy of the 2020 election, I nevertheless did not travel from Los Angeles to Washington, D.C. in January of 2021 for the purpose of protesting at the Capitol. Although I openly supported those protesters who remained peaceful, I personally was present in my official capacity as the security detail for Dr. Simone Gold, who was a scheduled speaker alongside Representatives Paul Gosar, Lauren Boebert, and many others, at a rally with a government-approved permit for the Northeast Corner outside the Capitol. I had no plans with anyone else that day. I never engaged in any action outside of my responsibility to protect my client, who herself did not knowingly engage in any violent or unlawful act, and had no intention of anything beyond fulfilling her obligation of giving a speech. To reiterate, neither my client nor myself had any criminal intent, nor did we ever engage in any criminal act that we had present knowledge to be unlawful. Also, the fact that my client was illegally coerced into accepting a fraudulent plea does not in any way whatsoever negate these facts. I refused to take a plea because the government's statement of fact in that plea was nefariously false and because I was not guilty of any criminal intent. But I was convicted by an openly prejudiced D.C. jury And I was recently sentenced to nearly three years in prison and another three years of probation by a judge who explicitly stated from the bench that his punishment was intensified by his resentment of my public criticisms of the government. Six more years of my life ruined after two and a half years of brutal government and ensuing public persecution All because I protected a woman in a crowd. This is an unmitigated travesty of justice. This is part of the statement that John Strand gave to Congress in July of this year. And we'll wrap it up with this. I will briefly outline four key points. Start over. I will briefly outline four key points of grave concern. Number one. The American rule of law dictates that each individual must be held accountable for their specific actions. It is aberrant and anti-American to conflate and criminalize a single individual with the actions of another. And in fact, the protesters charged in the 2017 presidential inauguration riot were acquitted precisely because the prosecutors only associated them with the specific criminal acts of others. Remember, they were protesting the election of Donald Trump at that time. Got off scot-free. So, associated them with the specific criminal acts of others, without evidence proving criminal activity by those individuals being charged. Yet this is exactly what the DOJ has done to me and hundreds of other J6 defendants, with 100% conviction rate. They are openly punishing individuals for merely being present at a political protest number two america's survival as a constitutional republic depends upon the inalienable right to free speech president george washington said quote for if men are to be precluded from offering their sentiments on a matter that would and this this is a paraphrase a bit of the quote for if men are to be precluded from offering their sentiments on a matter that would suggest the idea that reason is of no use to us Okay, i got to do this one more time. For if men are to be precluded from offering their sentiments on a matter, that would suggest the idea that reason is of no use to us. Then the freedom of speech may be taken away, and dumb and silent we may be led like sheep to the slaughter. Close quote of President George Washington. The DOJ's dishonest distortions of my free speech... To frame me as a criminal and mislead a jury have led to my wrongful conviction of serious crimes. And a D.C. judge's fury at my public criticism of the government's behavior has landed me years in prison. That is the textbook definition of fascism. This is the slaughter George Washington warned of. And it should horrify everyone. Remember the Saul Alinsky's rules for radicals. We talk about them all the time. Saul Alinsky, who dedicated his book to Lucifer, the greatest radical of all time, in Alinsky's eyes. Saul Alinsky, who Hillary Clinton wrote her college thesis on. Who Barack Hussein Obama taught community organizers about. One of the rules... Call your enemy out for your own behaviors. Point the finger at them and accuse them of doing what you do. When Strand says this is the textbook definition of fascism, that's why on every station, you know, the MSLSDs, the CNNs, the CBS, NBC, it's Trump is fascist. Trump is Hitler. They try and drive that into the minds of the citizenry. I think the citizenry is done with their nonsense. So a couple more points from John Strand, and then we'll get back to his actual audio. Number three, this is his witness testimony at uh, uh, Matt Gates' congressional hearing on January 6th back in July after his conviction. Number three, the Equal Protection Clause and due process guarantees of the Fourth and Fourteenth Amendments prohibit, quote, selective prosecution, close quote. I ask you, how does a premeditated protest action occur during an active session of Congress explicitly for the purpose of disrupting that congressional proceeding, and yet those protesters are legally excused and publicly praised? This happened in 2017. It was excused and praised because those protesters supported the agenda of the left. Countless examples of left-wing protests nearly always end with charges dropped. And bail funds raised by Democrat politicians, like Kamala Harris, I would add, who aggressively and publicly support such protests, regardless of the violence frequently incurred. If you cannot see the harshly stark contrast. Of the unprecedented persecution inflicted on so many J6 defendants, then you are willfully and shamefully blind. Last point vertical overcharging is illegal, and the bastardization of Title 18, U.S. Code 1512, requires Congress to act because the executive branches, DOJ, and the judiciary are violating legislative intent. They are clearly abusing a statute that was written 40 years ago to punish persons who tamper with witnesses or shred documents in an effort to destroy evidence. It was used to close the so-called Arthur Anderson loophole following the Enron scandal and many other similar cases of witness or evidence tampering, but has never once been used in this way against a protester until J-6. The DOJ has only grasped this non-germane statute in order to wield its 20-year prison penalty as leverage to ensure the immediate compliance of most defendants with their fraudulent plea deals. The misapplication and weaponization of this law against political protest is literally, quote, extremely dangerous to our democracy. Going back to, uh, well, that's a quote that we hear all the time from the radical left. January 6th is fraught with alarming evidence of government instigation and involvement, government cover-up, and government fraud. And J6 has brought an open subversion of the rule of law and a trampling of the Constitution. These mounting violations of our civil rights are an unprecedented abuse abuse of power against the American people. It must end, or our republic will be lost. John Strand to Congress back in July. And so we do need to take a pause here, but when we come back, we're going to get back to the words, the audio, the video of John Strand himself, and uh, and I will let you know what you can see if you check this video out for yourself as he's talking about what actually happened, what he and Dr. Gold actually did, how they were moved and directed and manipulated. It's all there for you to see for yourself. Thanks to newly elected Speaker of the House, Mike Johnson, finally following through on the Kevin McCarthy promise to release these 40,000 hours of video. Why did the government keep those from you for so long? Why did the J6 committee so selectively edit the video that they showed to the American people with fortunately to very minimal effect? Why did the J-6 committee destroy the evidence that they used to put together their final J-6 commission report when they were required by law to save it and Congress asked for it and poof, it was gone? Are you paying attention yet? More from John Strand himself when we return here on 710 KNUS. Ah need a little beauty, a little poetry, a little, I don't know, um, poignant feeling as we go through this, the, the, the propaganda, the horror that's being foisted on the American people and these prisoners that are paying the ultimate price and, um, I had scribbled a note down on my pad with one of the callers in uh, in the first hour that I never got back to. He made the point that, you know, Donald Trump's not a superhero. And I, I just thought, you know, with the number of court cases and um, the, the nonstop campaigning, I was in Mar-a-Lago, what was it, five weeks ago um, for a wedding. And just watching Donald Trump, um, you know, Running Mar-a-Lago, like their their season. In the fact, that weekend I think was the opening of their season again. And I mean, he's just walking around, you know, directing people. I need this to look that way. I need that fixed. He's just acting like you know your normal, average billionaire running his his resort. And yet, he's this person who's carrying the weight of the world on his shoulders. His life is at risk. He's being equated to Adolf Hitler by the mainstream media. And he's in there fighting to be president again because he, not because his life will be made better, but because your life will be made better. Sounds kind of superhero-y to me in a way. And I realized looking back, and I've been out so much over the... uh, it hasn't been three weeks since I've been here. It's just been two because I missed uh, I missed the show for the wedding at Mar-a-Lago. And then the next Saturday was the Colorado GOP um, event. Is that right? Let's see. Now I'm getting that wrong. That was before that. Let's see. The 18th. Oh, see, I'm in the wrong month now. That's what it was. I'm just trying to get this straight because time is going so incredibly fast. Uh, nope, didn't attend that. Okay, here it was. So I was out for the wedding at Mar-a-Lago, October 26th. Then November 4th, I was out for the uh, Cardo GOP centennial dinner. Matt Dunn filled in both those weeks. Thank you again, Matt. Backbone Radio, Sunday night, four to seven. Then I was back on the 11th. And then I was out last week on a pre-planned trip uh, with my son that we had planned long before my wife passed away. So we decided to, in her honor, do our thing, and it was absolutely terrific. And Matt covered the show then. So it hasn't been three weeks. It feels like a month. I'm back now, and I want you to hear more from John Strand. This video, just joining the show, we've covered just, what, five or six outright government lies about his activity We've seen pictures of the door being opened from the inside. We've seen the video, uh, because I've been watching the video as I play these audio clips for you, of him being, uh, of the crowd helping the police officer uh, stand up, get up. Uh, He fell down, and they came in and and, uh, supported him. And now in this next clip, John Strand is going to talk more about this particular police officer.
2: As this officer passed by and fell, I instinctively caught hold of my client in response to the surrounding crowd suddenly shifting, as you can see in this photo. What you can't see in this photo is the officer being assaulted, because he wasn't. The video clearly shows the officer simply fell down, and the crowd immediately reached down to assist him, pulling him back to his feet and stabilizing him as he regained his breath, while bystanders yelled, Get him up! But once again, the prosecutor misrepresented this and made a false claim that the officer was assaulted in front of us. This is not true, and it's a very concerning false accusation. We later realized just how blatant this falsehood was after reading the officer's statement given to the FBI only a few days after the event. Yep, and he's got the statement next. Quote, Pollitt stated that he then blacked out. When he regained consciousness... He was no longer in the door foyer area and still had possession of his baton. Pollet did not seek medical attention. This false suggestion of assault was further debunked by the FBI special agent who reviewed it, confirming the officer simply fell and, quote, there was not enough to charge assault. Now, prior to this, the crowd was very loud and excited, but I didn't detect anger or violence until suddenly a flashbang exploded, panicking the crowd, who became agitated by the noise and smoke as they were further provoked. From my vantage point, I didn't see any specific violence by the crowd that precipitated or justified this attack. But I was also smushed from all sides and unable to see much or to get away. When the doors swung open from the inside and the crowd surged in, The only safe option was to move forward, which I instinctively did to guide my client to safety away from that bottleneck.
1: Now, when you watch this video, you can see the crowd standing outside those doors that were mysteriously opened from the inside. Just opened up crowd, unable to push through the doors, not trying to push through the doors, not banging on them, beating on them, just standing peacefully around. And then that flashbang right into the crowd. And of course, everybody started to freak out. The smoke was coming up. They were doing nothing. So the video picks up and John Strand's narration continues with the doors mysteriously opening from the inside. You can see it on the video and people walking in to escape the flat. It's. I mean, this timing is incredible if you think about it. They're standing around outside these doors. These doors are about to open up. A flashbang with smoke goes off in the middle of those people, in the middle of that crowd. They get agitated, and then the doors open. So, of course, they go in.
2: Quote, Pollitt stated that he then blacked out. When he regained consciousness... He was no longer yep. in the door foyer area. did
1: that one already. My apologies.
2: The force propelling us through the door caused us to stumble at the threshold, and I had to catch my client from falling, and then firmly guide her straight ahead to get away from the turmoil at the door. I immediately noticed there were many other people already inside, and that included a number of uniformed police officers. None of them, from what I saw or and heard in the rotunda, directed us to do anything or to go in any particular direction, Though, in all fairness, they surely felt surprised and overwhelmed by the events. We did as well. As a result, and to keep going away from the chaotic entrance, we followed people walking in front of us into the main public hallway. We weren't familiar with the layout of the building and had no idea how to exit through any other public door or hallway, so we just followed other people in front of us. For the most part, we saw people walking through the velvet ropes, taking selfies and photos. Someone even picked up the stanchions that someone else had knocked over. So at this point, we weren't really sure what was happening, but it seemed like the police had opened the building for the crowd to pass through because they'd clearly entered from multiple entry points. Inside the cavernous building, it felt at first almost eerily calm.
1: Now, you don't see all the other entry points being opened from the inside. This video doesn't show that. This is all from the perspective and with the presence of, you can see him on the video escorting Dr. Simone Gold around of John Strand as those doors to the Capitol opened from the inside moments after the flashbang and gas was shot into the crowd behind them, behind the doors, not to try and, you know, not between them and the doors, but behind them. So the doors opened and people proceeded in and then everything he described, you can watch on the video, uh, people picking up the knocked over um, rope chain and walking between the ropes, looking around like tourists at the Capitol, many of them probably not realizing, why am I inside here now? I kind of got directed this way. No violence, police directing them, talking to them. John Strand continues.
2: At this time, the people we observed seemed calm and respectful of the building. Of course, in the months following January 6th, we've all seen selective footage of certain times and places where violence and damage did occur but I didn't experience that myself during my time inside the building. There were many protesters, and of course some were shouting and chanting, which made the environment very noisy, with echoes reverberating throughout the stone building. But this all seemed like typical protest activity. We continued between the ropes, uh, really just following other people in front of us as they snapped photos and took in the historical sites, and we also kept an eye out to find a safe public exit. We still had no idea where anything was located in the building, and we purposefully avoided any side doors or smaller hallways that seemed inappropriate for the general public. I was always scanning ahead, trying to figure out what was happening, as you can see throughout this video. I was also making sure to stay close to my client. As we got stuck in another bottleneck, and I was unable to discern any clear organization, we eventually got swarmed by the growing crowd size in that hall. And then, it surged forward, pushing us ahead Toward another hallway that funneled us into a vestibule.
1: And once again, if you're watching the video, he's got that there are highlights on police officers standing, watching the crowd, reaching out, shaking a hand, uh, hearing the, you know, thank yous from the peaceful protesters who, at least from his door, the side that he was forced in through were directed into the Capitol. The doors open from the inside, a flash bang, boom and smoke behind them. What other direction are they going to go? And then totally peaceful activity throughout the narration of this video.
2: I had no idea at the time, but it turns out this vestibule was directly outside the house chamber. We realized we were stuck in this vestibule, and we couldn't hear clearly to understand what people were saying or doing. It was noisy and disorienting in that condensed space. My client and I remained over to the side, staying behind a railing, trying to discern if the door ahead of us was a possible exit. But after several minutes, police officers came and spoke to a few people nearby, and eventually we understood they were informing people that those doors would not be opened, so we could not leave the building through them, and that we should return in the direction we had come from. So we complied with their instructions.
1: Yeah, and they certainly did. Again, no violence. Doors opening from the inside. Flashbang, boom, and gas behind the crowd. It says, apparently, seems fairly obvious from this one man's vantage point. These are from the J6 released video footage funneled into the Capitol. It is simply phenomenal. Let's uh, let's squeeze in one more of these. Let's see, what are we up to? We're at number, here we go. At this point, we realized we were essentially
2: stuck somewhere in the middle of the building after making several attempts in multiple directions to find an exit. We believed the police would direct us at some point, likely when crowd size had dissipated. We knew the rally that day was expected to reach a million people throughout the downtown area, and that's certainly consistent with what we observed throughout the day. The east entrance was still jammed so we couldn't yet exit that way although we were slowly moving in that direction my client thought that the setting of the central hall we were in would be a good place to finally give her speech which she felt was her obligation and so she asked me to film her with my phone as she delivered her speech while we were waiting for an exit i noticed police officers guiding passers-by around her so it, at first it seemed like they were helping to facilitate her address which was only a five-minute speech but after she was part way through an officer walked over and pushed her in the direction of the main rotunda. She was startled, caught mid-sentence, and tried to explain that she was a speaker. But the officer told her they needed people to continue moving toward the rotunda. So she did, and I followed her to escort her
1: there. Yeah, it just it's really kind of astonishing when they come up and sort of shove her. Um, just standing there, speaking peacefully. Um, nobody pushing on cops or anything else. Again, these people were, it looks to me, like funneled into the building from that entrance that opened from the inside. Just simply insane. Um, we're going to push this a little more. Let's do another piece of this audio. I've if never wrong seen... Wrong one. Ted Cruz on Bill Maher. Wish I could share some of that with you right now. But this is important. John Strand.
2: Unfortunately, we still couldn't exit because the east doors were still too congested, as both protesters and police officers were still streaming into the building. So my client again attempted to give her complete speech while she and many others nearby were waiting. People could see and hear her amidst a noisy crowd. She stood on a marble base to get the attention of the bystanders. Somebody nearby noticed her trying to speak and passed up a bullhorn. In order to make sure that she did not fall, and to ensure her security, I climbed on the base of the statue next to her, because she was holding a bullhorn and giving her speech, which made it difficult for her to focus on her balance. Numerous police officers passed by us without giving any instruction, as Dr. Gold gave her complete speech and even took a few questions. After finishing, we stepped down and just continued waiting for a few minutes until a police officer came over and said that the east entrance was now expected to be accessible and that we should make our way in that direction. So we thanked him and headed for that door as he instructed.
1: And, you know, I'll admit in watching this there, by this time, there is a passel of people in there. Nobody's pushing, nobody's shoving. Um, There's no audio being played on this particular audio. I mean, no audio being played on this particular video clip, so you can't hear what it sounds like in there. Uh, But there are police giving instructions and uh, people seemingly appearing to attempt to comply. So John Strand, who's in prison four months into his 32-month prison sentence, solitary confinement now because he spoke out on the deplorable conditions in this high-security federal prison that they thought this dangerous, uh, as the left likes to say, underwear model and bodyguard poses. He sums it up in the last couple of minutes of this video, which we will share with you just as soon as we come back for our final segment, Can You Believe It? Wake Up! (laughs) We're with Randy Corcoran. You're listening to 710 KNUS. Well, I had Hot Summer Day in mind for you, but we're going to I think we're going to continue. It's a beautiful day next week because there's some great stuff on that album. But anyway, welcome back. We've only got a few minutes left. We've got 10 and a half minutes into about a 14 minute video where we've seen multiple lies from the government. The prosecution, the way they laid out the case against 35 year old John Strand serving a 32 month federal prison sentence in a max security facility. And uh, it's been highlighted. It's been backed up by video. And one of the things that was particularly relevant to me was the fact that the Capitol doors, the round which he was escorting Dr. Simone Gold through, uh, she was there to give a speech, had a permit to do so. They were opened from the inside after a flashbang was sent into the crowd with smoke, uh, a smoke grenade. And uh, let's take just a minute, because Dave in Centennial has some information about those smoke grenades. Dave, we've got to make it quick.
0: The, the, the smashed bag, sm- the smoking of the crowd, rubber bullets, and banging them started the exact minute Trump ended his speech. Huh.
1: Huh. Well, that's interesting. I haven't compared the timing there, but it's certainly obvious from this video that a peaceful crowd outside of these doors um, got agitated by the smoke grenade, and then the doors opened mysteriously from the inside. Go figure, huh?
0: Yeah, they did it right on, right at the same, right at the queue. When he finished his speech, they smoked the crowd. Robert it and did the whole nine yards just to irritate them right after Trump ended his speech. Yeah. So, it, it, no
1: coincidence. Thank you, David. It, it seems like clear agitation and the story slowly and surely, just like election 2020, just like the Chinese Communist Party Wuhan virus, just like the forced vaccinations. It's all coming out. Yeah. Can't come out soon enough for me. Thanks for waiting and weighing in on that, Dave. I do yep, appreciate it. God care. bless, sir. Right. See if we can finish this audio with John Strand the wrong thing unfortunately my computer video will not play for you here we go even after all this we found the east entry
2: hallway was still jammed with hundreds of people trying to come inside even as others were trying to exit we waited our turn within the crowd there for nearly 15 minutes before we could find space to squeeze through and get outside after that we remained standing on the steps for almost an hour talking with bystanders we saw various police officers making their way down the steps to leave I am deeply thankful and supportive of law enforcement, so I enthusiastically clapped and cheered for them in appreciation. It was a sickening shock to me when during my trial, the prosecutor again tried to turn the jury against me by affirmatively misrepresenting my actions at that moment in time. In this video, where I am obviously clapping to say thank you to the police, the prosecutor only showed a single freeze frame and told the jury that I was angry, hostile, and criminal. It's clearly a lie. Why would the government need to lie about me? I've wondered in the days and weeks following my trial why the government tried so hard to demonize me by attempting to distort the truth. This
1: part's really incredible because uh, he freeze frames on the piece that the prosecutor showed the jury, and I wasn't there. I don't know what his defense team did, uh, but it uh, showing his hand up in the air, which makes him look, you know, like he's angry, as these helmeted and uniformed. Uh, riot police are walking by, but when you play the whole video through uh, that portion of it, he's cheering them, he's clapping them, he's shaking his hands like, thank you, you know, go guys. Uh, it's just phenomenal, the lies that have been told. So let's continue, John Strand.
2: First outside the east doors with their claim that I was shaking my fist and attacking the Capitol, and then again outside on the steps after we had exited with this misleading freeze frame. I can only think that because there was no evidence at all that I was aggressive or hostile toward anyone that day or had damaged any property that they were desperate to come up with anything to impugn my actions and my character. But in fact, my sole intention that day was to protect my client. I have done my best to accurately show the evidence for the time I was in the capital. The government has accused me of things that are clearly false. I did not push to the front of any crowd as they claim repeatedly. In fact, I never pushed anything or anyone. I also never made a beeline toward any particular destination inside the Capitol, as the prosecutor alleged. The fact is, I didn't know the layout of the huge building at all. I didn't need to know the layout, as I was only in Washington, D.C. to support and protect Dr. Gold as she fulfilled a speaking engagement. And while there is no video of me pushing or assaulting anyone, there is plenty of video showing me peacefully walking among thousands of others,
1: standing around waiting, and always protecting my clients. And again, second by second, the video backs up everything that he's saying.
2: At many points, the video shows me scanning the room and searching for indications of what people were expected to do. When police officers eventually informed us that it was possible to leave, we followed their instructions. And even then, it took nearly 15 minutes of waiting to peacefully exit. I hope this visual evidence clearly demonstrates why I did not, and could not, agree to the accusation of corrupt intent or any criminal intent at all, when my only purpose that afternoon was to ensure Dr. Gold's safety. I had no thought or desire to interfere with any congressional proceedings. The video also proves beyond a doubt that I never pushed any officers, threatened anyone, or encouraged or joined others in any act of violence.
1: Now, remember, and I've admitted uh, and do so again here today that I did not follow and watch every one of these trials. I read countless stories about defense lawyers being unable to access uh, some of this video evidence. Uh, Some of this was maintained as classified and not released until the Republican Speaker of the House, Mike Johnson, finally followed through on the Kevin McCarthy promise and released the the full 40,000 hours. Single defense lawyers, public defenders assigned to these men getting bombarded with case after case, meaning box after box, stuffed full of documents, thousands of hours of video to try and go through and try and come up with the defense. Judges who were uh, prejudicial in some of the rulings that they made about what evidence could be used and what couldn't be used. And this man, who I met personally, so this is such a personal thing for me because I was so moved by his integrity, by his courage, by his refusal to say, I'm guilty uh, just to keep his life going is now paying. And there's some sitting for 20 years and a few that deserve it. I, I, I will give you that, but that is not the vast majority of the people that are here. So let's play this out. Let's wrap it up with this.
2: At many points, the video shows me scanning the room and yep. searching for indications. Throughout my time in the Capitol, I was completely peaceful, and it is shameful that I have to prove my innocence when the evidence of it was so clearly seen on the government's own video.
1: Yeah, there's just no question about it. And uh, I am very, very, very disappointed with uh, <sighs> with the way this is turning out. I mean, thank God we're in a position where people are able to um, get this video out go on social media even though he's in jail Uh, the video ends with he's your brother your son your nephew your spouse your friend it's you next an innocent American caught in the crossfire of political persecution and governmental or government weaponization we've seen the results of it and it's time now to say enough is enough. It's time to stand up for these people. It's time to stand strong against the lies that have been perpetrated for years since the 2020 election, since the lies about the origination of the Chinese Communist Party Wuhan virus, the forced vaccinations to keep your military career, to keep your job. The The list is Extraordinary. You couldn't write a trilogy of novels that could encompass how your fundamental rights have been tortured and changed, but they haven't won yet and they won't win. If we refuse to back down, if we refuse to say, okay, uncle, I give you're too powerful for me. They are not too powerful for you and for me. If we stand together, if we stand up, if we remain unafraid to speak the truth, if we know it, our opinion, if we have it, that is our God-given, constitutionally protected, fundamental right as a citizen of this country. And it's too great a future that's available to us to give up now. It is simply too big a deal to stop. Now the midterm off year, not midterm, the off year elections are behind us. We beat down H H proposition, H H preparation H as I so lovingly referred to it. A lot of good things that happened. Stephanie Hancock, we talked about in the very first hour, but the persecution, the politicization, the weaponization, the propaganda continues. And 2024 is going to be the fight of our lives to say no to the radical left. I so appreciate your patience tonight as we work through these very important videos. I hope you'll share this podcast with your friend. Love to my dreamy girl in heaven. For the rest of us stuck here between heaven and hell, there is only one piece of advice that I can leave you with. And it's very, very important. Always remember this. Hi,
2: my name is John Strand, and I was at the couch.
1: Oh, my apologies to nobody is gone, but you remember.